Did you imagine if there was a testimonial page on like an online? <laughs> How do they do? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Truly. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Would date um, again. <laughs> Hey all, it's Jenna and Sophie, and this is the My 20-somethings podcast. For those of you who are new here and haven't heard our lovely voices before, we're two 20-somethings best friends who started this podcast to create a community of those of us just figuring all of this out. Every other week, we bring you advice, guest mentors, and personal anecdotes so you never have to say, I wish I knew that in my 20s. Jenna, I've really missed you, and I came to the realization yesterday that it's now been over a full year since we've been able to hug each other or like spend any time in person and like I'm sure you have too but I've been finding it really really tough. That's madness that it's been over a year. Honestly, for those of you who don't know us personally, Sophie and I are so incredibly close and we sometimes don't even go like a full day without seeing each other. So the fact that we now have like a strict Zoom relationship is so odd. So I, weird. I was on the phone with Sophie yesterday and she said to me, like, I miss 3D you. <laughs> like, and I was like, what do you mean? And she said, I haven't seen you in person, so I only know you as, like, the girl on my screen, which is so messed yeah. up and I, I miss 3D you too. <laughs> like, I like 2D you, but I, like, I love 3D you. <laughs> yeah, I get it. So we've been holding on to this week's episode for quite some time and we can't wait to share it with you. It's one of our favorites that we've been so excited to get going on. And it's something that we haven't quite yet had the chance to dive into, and it definitely plays a pretty significant role in your 20s, and you guessed it, it's dating. Today, we'll be talking about all things relationships, dating, friend zoning, defining your status, and so much more. So we won't keep you waiting any longer, and let's jump right into this episode. Okay, so if let's start this off. I want to know a little bit about, you know, your first time experiencing anything to do with the topic of love so tell me a little bit about either your first crush your first date first relationship all your big dating firsts i i gotta tell you i had this conversation with someone earlier in my entire life i've been boy crazy it's just how i was so my first boyfriend and i'm sure other people relate to this i just think it's hilarious was when i was two years old and his name was anderson and he was again my family was like part of, was a military family so he was another um british embassy child living abroad um so he was my first love my first crush i will never forget him um our first date was on a trampoline um other than that real uh, honestly, my whole life, every age I've had a crush. It didn't start late. <laughs> I just want to say I just had a huge urge to say, and here Anderson is now. I know, and I have, Bring no, him in. I have no idea who he is. Maybe he's listening. Maybe this is your opportunity to get back with one another. Maybe. Probably <laughs> not. I'm really happy with who I'm with right now. <laughs> That's fair. What about you, Jenna? Um, I would consider myself generally to be a pretty late bloomer in a lot of, you know, in a lot of senses. And, uh, though I obviously had what a lot of people had, which is like your very first relationship as an infant, um, which was for me in kindergarten, there was a boy named Jamie and we liked to burn bugs together. <laughs> so Jamie's a real catch if he's out there. 
Um, but then for a while, I kind of was just like, ew, boys, cuties. And I was just so over it. And then I think once I got into like high school again, I got very much boy crazy. And I was obsessed with dating and obsessed with finding, you know, attention from boys. Um, now I'm kind of like in a pandemic. I don't know if yeah. you've heard of it. So um, definitely still trying to find like a good significant relationship that can last me a whole long time but I'm a big fan of dating I'm a big fan of casual dating and then more serious dating and I'm super excited to hear you Sophie about your opinions versus mine because we've had very different experiences on the dating scene mm -hmm. no so I it's think bring unique perspectives I think it's so funny like people go through that like ew boy phase mm -hmm. I didn't like I can tell you grade by grade who I had a crush on like starting at age two mm -hmm. I won't because I still know some of them ish <laughs> and it would be weird but I I can tell you like I never went through like a ew boys phase really interesting so funny Okay, Jenna, let's jump into our first question because we have a few here that I feel like are very topical and some of our listeners have actually asked us. So first question is, when do you think the right time to start dating is? And is there a right time? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think that is so subjective and I feel like there's a lot of pressure that comes from external sources, like whether it be your family or your friends. But I think there isn't a right time to start dating. I think... Some people start dating when they're 11 years old and other people start dating when they're 30. And I don't think there's an exact right time. I think it's more, when is it the right time for you? And like I said earlier, like a lot of people develop at different points in their lives. And so while some people are thinking about dating so much earlier, other people have so many different directions and goals they want to achieve. So I think dating comes naturally to people. Yeah, and when you Yeah, when you are ready to date and you find it, to be an exciting thing that you can be dating and not something you have to stress over or fear, then it's the right time. But I don't think you can like say on March 23rd on this specific year, it will be the time to start dating, you know? Yeah, no, I agree. I think it's like interesting because sometimes when you're young, your parents play a factor mm. of that and like you can feel really uncomfortable. Like for me, like I really not didn't feel comfortable, just like it was kind of not encouraged at a young age we'll put it that way um but I think like for me it's just like it's all about emotional like maturity when you're mm -hmm. able to handle it and like the only person who can really figure that out is you at the yeah. end of the day that's so interesting you said your family didn't encourage you to date I had the opposite thing and my family was like why don't you have a boyfriend and like whenever I'd go to like Thanksgiving dinner it was like like who are you dating and oh god get off my back you know I'm sure a lot of people have that. I'm sure it's one or the other that your family yeah. is either very protective or is like, God, you're so behind. Yeah. See, it's funny. I had the total opposite. Like no one ever asked. There was never any discussion about it. It was like, if it came up, my dad would be like, not say horrible things, but my dad was very, I mean, like I said before, we were a military family, so you can put two and two together. But um, yeah, it was scary. <laughs> Oh boy. <laughs> He's all love now, but it was just like, it was almost, it was a joke, but. Right, right, right. That it, makes it sense. It played a factor. <laughs> I think we've talked about this too, but we definitely started dating at different ages. And Sophie and I have known each other for a very long period of time. Um, at least since we both started becoming friends, I would say in the beginning of our high school journeys. Mm -hmm. um, and I think we only started dating, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I, I definitely started dating later than you, but I think later in high school was when we both 
we're yeah. more into dating. It's also like kind of what you consider dating. Oh, like we can talk about that. Which for we will talk about. Oh but yeah. yeah, definitely later high school. But that being said, not to like be like Jenna and I could have had all the boys, but <laughs> to be fair, Jenna and I danced competitively and like had zero time. We're at the studio on Friday nights and Saturday nights <laughs> every week, so. There's that right. also I think plays a factor and a lot of our friends were the same. So it wasn't like all of our friends were out dating yeah. and going I, on dates. Like, anyone who had like, you know, either a competitive sport or anything mm-hmm. like that, like there wasn't time. No. Like I was so. always confused when my friends were like, oh, I'm like just hanging out with my boyfriend. I'm like, when? Yeah. Between what and what are you making time for this? It was so not something I could think about. So yeah, once like that all ended and, you know, socialization became so much more of a necessity rather than just like a luxury. Mm-hmm. came to be a bigger thing in my life at least yeah like I would even say like I don't know if it was like later but like dating dating what I would consider was like after like first year uni mm-hmm. like when I was like really yeah but like not still like it was just kind of the beginning yeah. no dating in college for a lot of people is a really big thing and it's a place yeah. where like really especially if you live like on campus it's a place where your whole community is like your whole world and so mm-hmm everyone you hang out with either have the same schedules or are doing the same things or are going to the same places. So it's very much like your community becomes your entire life. And so dating becomes a big thing because obviously you're spending time all this time with people. These are the only people you're going to interact with. You get very, very close with who you're around. It's also like what we said, like, well, as we're talking about timing mm-hmm. a lot, like you can, you do hear about high school sweethearts, but it's not necessarily the norm are like a lot of parents meet in not all but a lot of people do meet at college or at that stage so it's like mm-hmm. again like I said family pressure wise that's like kind of when it was expected or encouraged or I accepted <laughs> you just made me think about when my parents got together I'm pretty sure that they got together before college I'm um, you know what my dad might have been in college but they also were from different countries, so it was a very unique circumstance. But yeah, it's definitely that, I would say, that middle stage where your life is transitioning, it's a new group of people, new start for a lot of people, that everyone jumps on the dating train. It's also like, we won't get into it, but Jenna's, the way Jenna's parents met is really interesting and a super cool story. It's a beautiful story. But <laughs> my parents were also in different parts of the world, like right. overseas. So that's actually really interesting. Very interesting. I we could, again, do a whole episode on <laughs> how I met your mother's style parenting. Oh my God, I love it. We should do it. <laughs> okay. But- Next topic, I want to jump into, this is like a line from Wizard of Oz, wheeling, dealing, talking, oh my. All these terminologies that, or all these terms that have just come up recently, or at least in the last 10 years, some of them I know what they mean, others I have no clue. But I really, I honestly, for my own personal interest, need to talk to you, Sophie, and say, what the fuck is wheeling? Um, uh, okay, if I were to, like, put it into words, which yeah. I don't even know if I'm completely right, wheeling's, like, kind of when you're, like, sussing each other out. You're, like, there's, like, no, like, commitment to being exclusive. There's no, like, necessary, like, ties or intentions to get together. It's just kind of, like, you're 
talking but then i don't oh, know what the difference is between really talking. talking so like i don't really maybe they're the same people are probably gonna hate us and be like you are completely wrong and but, please correct us if we're wrong because i i will for one say i have no clue and i've heard yeah. this term and people have said to me oh are you wheeling and i'm like i could be but i also could be you know driving or scootering <laughs> who knows but i think yeah okay if i'm gonna put together what you've said and what i've gotten from the internet I'm pretty sure wheeling is, yeah, that in-between stage, that really awkward stage where people say, like, what are you? And you're like, I don't know. And it's, you both in some way admitted to having feelings for one another, but you are not yet at the stage where you're defining the relationship. Mm -hmm. You're not at the stage where it's just merely a crush. It's that in-between stage where either you've already acted on your feelings or you're being admitted to them yeah you're like you're in that phase where it's like something's brewing but you don't Mm -hmm. quite know what it is okay (laughs) (laughs) Okay. i don't know and again these could be like old terms like Mm -hmm. i remember using these in like early high school like 2013 14 so uh i don't know if they're like still used i was just introduced to a term called situationship have you heard (laughs) of a situationship I have not. What is a situationship? I think a situationship, well, first of all, I think it should be pronounced situationship because I think it's like when the relationship is so complicated that it's like, you know, you don't really know what you are, but you also like are just accepting that you, it's not that you have said we're okay not defining the relationship because then that becomes friends with benefits. Right. It's that it's, it's, you know, a, a sticky situation and it's all up in the air. So it's kind of past wheeling because you're more than that to each other, but it's not yet friends with benefits and or official relationship. Would it be if it's like, there's like a lot of things that have to fall into place for you to be able to like date? Like it's like, like someone's oh, you're like graduating. Oh yeah. That's kind of what I was thinking. It could be. I That could also be, yeah, like, is it just, like, when they're in town or, like, yeah. you know, when, yeah, when the stars align? I don't know. Uh, someone please send us, like, a dictionary of all the dating terms because we are struggling here and it can't just be us. There are so many similar terms. It's so funny because we're talking about it, but, like, we also need this episode. <laughs> oh, my God, so much. And I feel um, like I've got to know this wasn't around forever like this is totally new and our parents didn't wheel like this is a new age term what was it called it was like you were like pursuing someone like he was pursuing her you know the whole thing about like the pin like you they someone gives you a pin no oh so that's an old age term and i'm gonna say it wrong again too but it was something like if you wanted someone to be yours like if you wanted someone to either be like I don't know if it meant that you were it meant you were going around together. They would say we're going around, and so you right. give them your pin. I don't know what kind of a pin it was, but they'd wear your pin, and it was like, oh my god, she's wearing Johnny's pin or she's wearing Jessica's pin, and it was like it was weird because I guess it's kind of ownership, but yeah, it was you were going around with them was the term. So that's kind of I think beyond wheeling, but yeah, what that's I think. Interesting. This drives me nuts, and I, I could go on for hours about this. I think the reason why there wasn't wheeling when our parents were young was because when you, when they were young, if they wanted to in any way, you know, see you sexually or anything like that, they had to commit to you. And they had to give you their pin, or they had to, Sophie's doing the most aggressive <laughs> dancing right now, she agrees. They have to commit to you. They have to give you the status of boyfriend, girlfriend, significant other, if they want 
to get in your pants in, in the most crass way I can say it. Okay. Okay. I've been dying to say this. I'm aging myself, yes. but there was no like Facebook relationship right. update or like tagging on Instagram. Like, I feel like that's like, like the version of a pin right now. Cause like mm-hmm. that was the way that you showed that you were with someone versus other than the fact that you had a ring on your finger mm-hmm. like that kind of idea but no I completely agree I think it's so different because yeah. we have phones that we can wheel and like have conversations and like from a distance I feel like it's so much more complicated now <laughs> but I think that's where hookup culture comes from because yeah. at, the, at the time you know it was wrong if you were holding someone's hand but you hadn't committed to them so mm-hmm. now because we don't have that level of like chivalry people can you know, just see each other so casually and not have to commit to each other. And in fact, the, they can say like, what's the point of a relationship if I get it? What, what's the thing about the cow? Don't the buy cow? the cow if you can get the milk for free. <laughs> you know? I like it, yeah. It's, it's, I could be, again, saying that wrong. Oh my God, you take a shot every time I say that in this episode. But um, it's something like that. And it's the same thing about what's the point of a relationship now if you can get all the perks of the relationship without ever having to commit. Right. I miss the olden days. I want, I want a pin. Me too. <laughs> I think that's so sweet. I don't know. I don't love online dating culture. Anyways, we can mm, talk about that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, definitely. So Jenna, it's the first date. What do they do? Oh boy. The first date is so exciting. I've had some great first dates. I've had some ones for the books that I think are either so memorable because they were so great and or were so trash and now they're fun stories. But I think the first date is something that is so highly anticipated and makes a lot of people really nervous. It's something people even sometimes avoid, you know, taking that next step with someone because they're just so petrified of that first date. So I think talking about it will be good because we can absolutely take away some of that fear and talk about how fun first dates can be. Yeah. Honestly, I like first dates. I mm-hmm. also think, and I'm a big believer, that the first date like sets the tone for the rest of the relationship. Mm-hmm. Not to say that if you have a bad first date, it's going to be a bad relationship. I just think that you can tell a lot about someone about how they go about mm-hmm. a first date. Like whether that's like come over to my house and watch Netflix. How much effort they put be- in. Yeah, it's not even, I don't know, you can just tell for the vibe, like, if it's going to be right for you, because coming over for Netflix could be really nice if they put out popcorn and, like, Mm. make it comfy, whatever. But I also think that, like, it sets the tone, sets the stage. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I believe in chemistry, and I think you can tell from the get-go, like, if people Mm -hmm. mesh. And obviously, people can grow into a relationship, and some people believe in love at first sight, others don't. Do you? Oh, I was worried you'd ask me that if I said that. (laughs) I don't think I do. And I think that's because that implies that love is so, you know, based on looks and based on, you know, judging a a book by its cover. And I think it takes at least, I think you can say love at first encounter, but not love at first sight. I think that's my issue there. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think you know. Like when, okay, I think love takes time to grow in some cases, but I I think when you know, you know. I Mm -hmm. I wouldn't say at first sight because I, that really makes it so aesthetic and I don't, that's not what it's about for me at all. But I I agree. I think it's, I think you know, but I also don't think that it's like that clear cut. I'm a big believer in trusting your gut and I think your gut knows a lot more than you think it does. So if you get, you know, the butterflies and the feelings like, oh, I don't know why this just feels different and special. Like there's probably a reason and you probably are supposed to be on this path. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, continue what you're saying. We were talking about first dates. 
Oh yes, so I am a big believer that first dates, you know, have no necessary price tag and can be very simple things like you said, like a simple Netflix date or can be, you know, more thought out and glamorous. But I think first dates are so fun. And even if it's not something that like you ever, you know, see pursuing, I think it's first dates are for me like training grounds. Yeah. And I get better and better every time because I learn you know, these are good talking points and these are things that I like doing and these are things that don't work on first dates. And it just makes you a better person, makes you better for interviews, makes you better for friendship encounters. Like, oh, I love them. I can't wait to date. (laughs) (laughs) Even things as simple as I wore this outfit on a date and I felt like insecure Mm, about myself, mm -hmm. so I'm not gonna wear that again. But this time I felt amazing. So this is my date outfit from now going forward, Mm -hmm. right? I think like one of the best like first dates, again, my boyfriend that I'm with right now we met during well early early COVID days Mm -hmm. and like we had to social distance our first dates which is like a whole other story but we went for a walk but it was super super fun like I knew but normal times I think the best first date and this is my opinion but it's going out for a drink not a dinner because it puts too much pressure but a drink and I have seen and I'm gonna be like so many I have not been on that many first dates guys let me be real with you here but I found some really cool bars around the city just because I wouldn't go to them alone and like it was really cool yeah drinks is very fun I think there's not a lot of pressure with drinks you don't have to make that many decisions about what am I gonna eat and what and and it's not, it's, you can't really overthink it as much, but if you're not a big talker, it's difficult because with drinks, you got to fill the conversation. And yeah. I had a great first date. Um, oh dear God, I hope they're not listening, but I had a great <laughs> first date and this date was simply drinks, but we spent the entire time just asking each other like rapid fire questions, kind of like mm-hmm. a podcast. No wonder I liked it, but it was just like. You know, if you could have one superpower, what would you, what would it be? And we just got to know each other so well. And it didn't feel scary because it just felt like, oh, it's just a combo. Like, it's just like yeah. being on the phone with someone. It's the best because drinks, most bars. Okay, this is like my like favorite thing. Most bars have menus that you can choose from, but you don't have to order food. But if you're mm-hmm. like sitting there with drinks and you've been sitting there for like two hours, chances are you're going to be like, someone's going to be like, okay, let's, do you want food? Like, we've yeah. been here for a while. We're hungry. We've been drinking. Like, we should eat. And it gives you like the option to make the date super short if you're not feeling mm-hmm. it or drag it up and stay till closing and Good figure point. out, which is so nice. And like that is so much fun when you're like the last ones there, you've had food, you've had so many drinks and you found this awesome bar, then maybe you go to another one or whatever. Like it's, I, I, I'm a huge advocate of it. I think you have to be safe. Like coffee is also the same situation. If you don't know mm. the person and you're meeting them for the first time, better to do in daylight in my opinion if you are that kind of person that really just doesn't like you know uncensored conversation I would absolutely advise doing an activity Mm -hmm. and these don't have to be like the most athletic things you don't have to you know go laser tagging or go (laughs) like climb a a mountain together and hike if that's not your thing don't do it but could you you imagine going for laser tag as the first date sorry I will let you would be the best first date and we'll talk about that later I'm a huge fan of laser tag But anyways, um, I am also a big fan of those game board cafes. Yes. Just like even, you know, finding something that you just like doing on your own. Like, oh, I love game games. I play games all the time. Or, oh, I love going to the movies. Like anything that you like to do that you just want a partner doing and a buddy is a mm-hmm. great first date idea. 
But yeah, I completely agree. Like, I think that leaving, if you're not a big talker, maybe not drink sitting at a table, mm-hmm. probably not the mm-hmm. best idea. But even like, you know what you have fun doing. If you have fun doing it, you'll make them, not make them have fun, but you'll set that vibe for the date. Don't do something you yeah. hate because they'll feel it and then they'll think that you hate them, which is not the case. There's also no written rule that says that a first date has to be a one-on-one. No. You are absolutely allowed to make it a group date or you can make, you know, it a double date with another friend, even if they don't know the other person. Like if you are someone that doesn't like intimate conversations or those type of encounters, there's no harm in saying, hey, you know, my friend wants to tag along. Can you bring someone, one of your friends and we'll make it a fun hangout? Even like, hey, I'm going mini putting tonight with a friend. Why don't you bring one and we'd love to like hang out? mini pie and maybe then your friend and their friend will like fall in love and then you're a matchmaker look at the story then you could have like double wedding double honeymoon it's just a whole thing mini pot <laughs> i love mini pots <laughs> right uh okay any first date horror stories jenna oh boy um i'm sure there's gotta be one i i can automatically think of one and it wasn't mine but i will take credit for it because someone told me this and I, whenever I need something to laugh about, I think about this story. Um, where basically she was driving to the date and she doesn't love first dating or first dates. So she tried to pump herself up and get herself like amped for this date. <laughs> so she blasts music in her car and she is singing, having a great time, trying to get herself in the zone. And she gets to a red light and is still dancing, grooving. And this guy next to her is like staring into her car like, what the hell is wrong with this girl? And she's like, oh, well, we'll never see him again. All good. And didn't really get a good look at who it was. And then she drives and the same car pulls up in the spot right next to her when she gets to the parking lot. And they both get out and it is the guy she is going on a date with. And I don't, I don't, I don't know if he mentioned anything. Like, I don't know if he said that was some great dancing back there. I sure hope he did because that'd be a great way to, you know. Break the ice. Break the ice. But I don't know if I could recover. I might get in my car and keep driving. (laughs) See, that's such a great opportunity for him to be like, that's the woman I'm going to marry. Yeah. Like, I right? wish I could dance like no one's watching in my car. Like, that's awesome. Like, I would love that. But I don't know if he had the same sentiment. You know what? He just wasn't the guy for her. Clearly. Okay. So we've reached the point where you've gone on your first date. It's gone well, let's say. And you've decided you want to keep pursuing each other. Now you've reached the sticky situation where you kind of have to ask the question, what are we to each other? Mm-hmm. And defining the relationship can be a really, really anxiety-provoking period for a lot of people where, you know, you kind of have to say, this has been fun, but what's the future for this? Do you see this going somewhere? Is it, you know, is it mutual? And that can sometimes go really, really right or really, really, really wrong. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, the best advice I ever, ever got on dating was from my older cousin. And she told me, and I, she's like 32 now, so about 10 years older than me. She said to me, she was like, Soph, the best relationship are the ones when you don't have to ask what you are. And you just Ooh. know. She was like, and that set, I, she probably told that to me when I was 10. So, and that stuck with me, obviously. And that set the scene for, like, my entire dating life because it made me realize like you shouldn't you you need to ask at a certain point to be on the same page but you shouldn't need to ask like if they're the right person for you you should know that they feel a certain way about you and they feel committed and like Mm -hmm. you should be able to tell that they're really into you and really like you like 
that's how it should feel that like you're the only person in the world for them right and that kind of stuck with me I thought it was really important because regardless of labels or whatever it's also just about how you feel about how they're feeling like if they're demonstrating to you that they're Mm -hmm. into it and they really like you so so you're a big supporter of when it just happens naturally and all of a sudden they just say oh this is my girlfriend this is my boyfriend this is my significant other yeah but I'm type a so oh. I can't really wait. I think like part of it is like I just know that I can suss it out. And then mm-hmm. like for me, it's like I know that it's a person for me if I can have an open conversation about it. Like, mm-hmm. I Okay. Know. Yeah. I, it's all situational. And sometimes it does come that naturally and people can just know and be on the same page and just totally be in sync. And other times, unfortunately, it's less natural. And you do have to have a little bit of a sticky situation where you have the talk and you say, mm-hmm. you know, what am I to you? Or... Um, you know, what's, what's next for us. And neither situation is sometimes ideal. Sometimes it just depends. But I think both are fun. And I think it's important to have open conversation. And the earlier you do that in your relationship, the better. Yeah, I think so. I think, I think for me, if I feel comfortable having a conversation with them, like for me in a relationship, it's really, really important that you can have the tough to like conversations. Mm-hmm. And it be like kind of uncomfy but totally fine you feel better after it so like for me I know if I can have a conversation with someone like that then they're the person for me and chances are they're the person for me if they're able to open up like that and it kind of goes from there and the talk itself can be so it's true like stressful but afterwards if it goes well and let's hope it went well this time it's so rewarding and you a feel like a badass for being like yes I did that I conquered my fears but also you now are like, great, I have more, you know, understanding of where we are and or I'm in a relationship and that's awesome. That's where I want to be. So if you have weighed the risks and you've decided I got to know and I need to have an answer, then absolutely have open conversation and figure it out. And you'll either, you know, be better off knowing or get a positive outcome. Yeah, honestly, I think it's also different for every single situation, for every single couple. Like Mm -hmm. for you, the conversation could go one way and you could take one approach with one person and it'd be completely different with another person because no relationship is the same you can't compare your relationship to your friends but you also can't compare one of your own relationships to a different one of your old relationships it's it doesn't work like that Mm -hmm. so I think we're ready to get into some of the not so comfy happy good directions that a relationship may go which is when you decide to ghost a person or you get ghosted or you get ghosted for those of you who don't know what ghosting is ghosting in general is really just becoming a ghost in a relationship and it's when you kind of you know fly off the map or you stop answering uh, calls or texts and you basically just be go just go radio silent until they kind of get the point that you have lost interest in the relationship Mm -hmm. It's not the most morally sound thing to do to go someone, but I'm not going to lie. Have I done it? Absolutely. I'm sure Sophie has too. Yeah. I think I think we're all guilty of ghosting, even ghosting friendships or ghosting email conversations. I think it <laughs> happens. We all, you know, don't like, at some points in our life, we don't like confrontation and ghosting is an easy way to get someone off your case. I, I feel bad. I feel really uncomfortable about it because... I I don't like it doesn't stand out to me anytime that I've personally been ghosted and again not trying to say anything about myself just from my experience but I do know that I have ghosted a few people and mm-hmm. 
I also just think like for me like having the conversation of like it's not me it's you when it wasn't that serious to begin with Mm -hmm. feels so redundant to me and it's like we weren't serious we weren't really talking we've never gone out maybe you have but I don't know I just Mm -hmm. I I I can't think that they didn't feel kind of the same way as I did Mm -hmm. I mean I've been very lucky and I have ghosted people but I think for the most part, the ones that I have heard of where they are now or heard of how they responded to my ghosting has always been, oh, yeah, you know, hope she's good. Like, we're all good. Like, I haven't had, you know, people who have wanted to come and find me in my house. So (laughs) I think that's pretty positive. But yeah, ghosting can hurt a lot of people. And I've been ghosted before for sure. So I think I know how it feels. I don't know why I still do it to other people. But we're all guilty of it. We all need to grow as people and stop ghosting. So let's say, you know, you've gotten lucky enough where you haven't been ghosted or you haven't been friend zoned and past defining the relationship point, you have decided you're getting into a relationship with someone and things are getting steamy. They're getting serious. How do you know that it's love, Sophie? You just know. You just, just know. You just know. You know deep down in your core because they consume your thoughts they're Mm -hmm. like always kind of on your mind and then you start to also like for me it's like I know when I start to like picture a future and I get really excited like I'll be like I'll see concert tickets online for sale and I'll be like oh this would be so fun to go with with him and like Mm -hmm. that's what it is for me it's like when he's like at the forefront of your brain and like you start to also realize that your your actions don't just affect you that what you're doing also affect him and when you start to again not to like a detrimental of like like effect like your boyfriend should not control everything that you do but when you start to think like oh how will this affect him if I go out or if I do this that's how you know because he he's at the forefront of you and like you care so much Yeah, like love is something that is so dreamt about and made to be fantastic in the movies, but it's not also something that is like methodical and you can have a recipe for getting love. I think it's something that you just find and love can, you can have love for your friends, you can have love for your pets. And I think love is, for me at least, is just when you care about that person's happiness just as much if not more than your own. And when they're happy and they're content it makes you beam and this person is just someone who makes you feel like the best version of yourself I would say well yeah that's exactly what I was going to say like for me it's about Mm -hmm. when you feel like you want to be the best version of yourself or someone and for yourself Mm -hmm. I think love is also when someone you know respects you unconditionally and you are completely free to be yourself And you don't have to think twice about, you know, what if I said something funny or what if I, Mm -hmm. you know, accidentally had spinach in my teeth. You know that this person is your rock and is there for you regardless of how stupid you look doing something. You made me laugh because I remember telling my boyfriend, I was like, love for me is like, if you tell if like you see that my pants are see-through and you tell me. Like, oh. that's what love is for me. If you can, like, tell me that, like, something's wrong and you look out for me. Because that's looking out for me, yeah. right? Like, how could I ever know if my pants – okay, I don't know. You know what I mean. If your pants <laughs> yeah. aren't fitting. But how could I know if there's, like, a stain on my shirt or something in my teeth? Like, they're that person that's, like, beside you who are looking out for your best interest as well. Right. Like, that's, that's how people show love for me. 
absolutely that I makes also, so much sense i also just want to say it's not the movies make it out to be like a moment it's not a moment it's not like you don't love someone and then you do you know but it, it's not like a change you it's gradual my experience has been it hasn't been a change it's gradual i don't feel like completely different but i know that i love this person because i've chosen to like you also have mm. a say in it but it is it's chemical it's it, there it, there is science around it but it's not like you're like rushed over with a fear mm-hmm. like with a wave of happiness it's not like right. so clear-cut you get to decide mm-hmm. actually true you choose to be loved and to love interesting yeah. it's not like it just happens regardless of what you, what you think you do have right. a say so when things are getting serious something that is like a natural step is moving in together and i know that people have very different opinions on this and like i just kind of my opinion on this and i'll state it right here is it's whenever you're ready Uh and it's so personal i like i said before like you can't compare your relationship with one person to your friend's relationship with another person or even your relationship like it you cannot compare it they are not it's like comparing like apples and cars it's just not comparable right so i think it's whenever you're ready however you feel that's that's what i would say yeah that's fair i i agree i don't think there's like a date as we said before when it's like by this period of time you should be moved in together Mm-hmm. I don't even think you have to necessarily move in together. I think also moving in together can be hypothetical in the sense of you don't have to physically live together to be treating each other like you live together in the sense that you go to the the supermarket and you say, what do we need or what can I get you? Or yeah. you think about them when, you know, picking up toilet paper. Like I think there are more casual concepts of living with another person than physically living in a space with another person. Yeah, like, I, I think, like, for me as well, like, I'm in third year university, like, it's it's very far down the line, I mm-hmm. feel, but I also think you get to a stage where it's, like, you have the conversation, you're, like, okay, it makes sense. That's the other right. part of moving in together is sometimes it just makes sense and it's logical because you need a place to live and your parents have, you know, given you the boot yeah. and uh, your friend is living with their boyfriend or they're over here and it just makes sense and that's the direction, like, you know that, like, that's the trajectory mm-hmm. of the relationship and you're like, okay, I guess we'll do it. Like, How a person lives tells you a lot about them. I know. I think even like when they're grocery shopping, do they look for the name brand or will they go for what's on sale? I think even tells you like, oh, interesting. That tells me about their personality. Yeah. I know. You learn a lot about people when you live closely with them. And I think the eventual goal is for one day for you to live together with someone else. Maybe if that's your lifestyle and living together even, you know, on vacation is a good training ground for doing that and you get to know oh i hate it when they only you know turn on the dishwasher once a week versus i do it every day like there are little things that you learn about them that may be deal breakers so it's a good way to kind of imagine married life or your future life together before actually committing in such a serious way okay some common dating or relationship insecurities i mean we all have them it's (laughs) you're not everyone has their own dating feelings and i also think that this comes down sometimes 
not necessarily, but to values. Like, what do you value in a relationship? And like I said before, I'll say it again and again, you can't compare relationships. So Mm -hmm. it's really so personal and you just have to find someone who's okay with your flaws. That's what dating is or relationships. It's finding someone who can deal with your flaws and love you for them anyways. Yeah. I think what's great about this episode too is that it works for anyone at any stage of their life because they don't have to have dated before to understand these or to relate to these. These apply to so many things. Or you can have just been on your first date and you are already starting to have these insecurities or have these, you know, fears and doubts about future relationships. I think this is so relatable. And for me, just like reading down this list, I've experienced every one of these and I'm very new to dating, I would say. Let me read the list. I'll read the list. Okay, so first on the list is being too picky. I get this all the time and it now annoys my friends because they will, you know, suggest someone to me and I'll say, oh, I don't know. And they'll say why and I say, I don't like his name. And I get it. It, It's something that a lot of us have and a lot of us deal with and you obviously have to get past little things and nitpicking things about people, but it is so something that I relate to and I think some of them are just things you just can't get past. I, I I really don't, I don't know, I don't want to rant, and I don't want to be mean, but it really bothers me when people tell you that you're being too picky. Yeah. Because I don't think that that's right. I think that if you have an even a little bit of inhibition, a little bit of, like, not feeling into it, you shouldn't go for it because it's not fair to the other person, and I, I just know that it's a really shitty feeling when you do that and you already, your heart's already not in, in it. And like, if you can't date someone with a name that you don't like, you're not going to be able to say it all the time. Right. You don't get excited saying it. Yeah. Like, I, I, it's such a simple thing. And that's like, again, just an example, but it's a real thing. And I think that it's it's one thing to want to change one thing about someone but if you're finding yourself being like well I don't like their name and I don't like Mm -hmm. their body and I don't like the way that they do their beard or whatever then you want to change everything about them it's time for a new person look there's a difference between being picky and being closed-minded and Mm -hmm. I think if you refuse to say you know this one thing about them makes me a little uncomfy but I'm going to give them a chance that's a different story yeah but I I can't stop thinking about this one person who's a good friend of mine once said to me, I went out on a date with someone and they had come to get me afterwards and said, how was it? How was it? And I said, I'm just not feeling it. You know, they're a great guy, but it's it's just not for me. I don't think I'm going to pursue it. And the person's response was, Jenna, you're being too picky. And to be honest, I think this is the best you're going to get. Like you're what? You're 20. (laughs) Well, that's the point. But also I, the whole idea of you're being too picky kind of says, that you don't deserve the absolute best and you don't deserve to be picky and choosy. And I remember saying to that person, I think I'll take my chances. And I'm so glad I did. And not that this person wasn't great, but it, it reminded me that I, you know, shouldn't settle in life. And that goes for everything outside of dating too. And I think there's, there's a fine line between, you know, being so close-minded that you won't give anyone a chance versus knowing your worth and knowing your standards and standing firm behind them. Like, I mean, there's a difference, like what Jenna said, like, if you're looking for a guy named Justin with blonde hair, blue eyes, who was born at exactly five o'clock yeah. on March 31st, like, those are your criteria. March 31st sounds like a great day. We've said it many times. <laughs> if those are your criteria, then maybe a little bit too picky. But 
but Absolutely. keep your standards high. You like you deserve nothing less than what you want. And believe me when I say when you find that person, you will know and he will check all of the boxes and he's going to treat you like a queen and you're going to feel like the best you have ever felt in your entire life. They're going to make you feel that way because you waited. I want on a t-shirt, on a mug, on a laptop sleeve, you deserve to be picky. I think you do. I think everyone does. Everyone does. Jenna makes a new t-shirt every episode. I design merch every episode. I can't wait. I tell you, my 20-somethings merch is going to be off the charts. It's literally going to be like episode one, whatever Jenna said should be on the shirt. Episode (laughs) Episode two, two. whatever she said was going to be on the shirt. Episode, I think this is 11. You deserve to be picky. We've got catchphrases galore. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay, number two, we are at fear of rejection. And again, this goes far beyond dating, but this is just merely the idea of it is so scary to put yourself out there and have the chance that someone might not reciprocate their feelings or might turn you down in some sense or tell you, you know, I just want to be friends. Uh, So uncomfy. (laughs) Uh. Uh. Well, I think this goes hand in hand with that conversation we said before about having the talk and how scary it can be. It is scary to put yourself out there. And that like that happens for everyone, that they have these fears about, you know, possibly being told that they are less than they expected or having the rug pulled from underneath them and having them realize that what they thought was the truth wasn't the truth. And this is a, a deep fear for many people, myself included. Mm-hmm. We all have this. And I have absolutely been on both sides of experiencing, you know, the rejection and how sh- shitty that can be. And then also experiencing... Um, or being the person who says to someone, oh, like, I'm really sorry, but, you know, I didn't know you felt this way. This is actually what I want out of the relationship. And it's never fun. But just like with everything else in life, you have to put yourself out there and you learn by failing and by admitting you're wrong. And it's not fun in the moment, but you grow so much from it. And I think we all need to be rejected from a job or rejected from a person or a friend so that we can learn our worth and learn our value and learn that sometimes things that are uncomfortable won't kill us. Rejection forces you to grow, like at the end of the day. And I think it's really important. At the end of the day, I also think, Jenna and I said this before, it was in our, on in episode nine, uh, when we discussed Taoism, that everything happens for a reason. I think if you get rejected by someone, do you really want to be in a relationship with someone who doesn't feel the same way as you? And you're always mm-hmm. the one chasing after them and trying to please them. Like, that is not the kind of relationship that I want. Putting yourself out there is so important. And the more you can learn how to do it, the better you will be to take on life's challenges. I say that with full confidence that it will be uncomfortable and you will hate it and, and you know, turn red when someone says, oh, sorry, I actually don't feel the same way about you. But you also, without knowing it, are growing to be stronger and more resilient because that happens in life. You cannot avoid rejection. So the more you experience it in a controlled setting where you can say, all good, I'll be fine. Thanks for being honest with me. The better you will be for the more serious, intense times that might otherwise really knock you down. Yeah, I completely agree. And I mean, I guess this like flows really nicely into the next point, which is reaching versus settling. We've kind of touched on this, but like Mm -hmm. reaching would kind of be, I hate this term, but like if you're talking about it in terms of leagues, like out Mm -hmm. of league and like settling Mm -hmm. would be for someone who you would consider to be like, like below your league and like reaching would be someone who's like way above your league which I just I don't agree with this whole philosophy but that's yeah the theory behind it 
I think find someone who is balanced with you in some way. And that might not be so apparent from, you know, the external eye. But if you can find someone who, you know, is, is better at you than this, but is more insecure about this than you, you become each other's yin and yang and you balance each other out. So I think obviously don't be in a situation where you feel like you have an impo imposter, sy imposter syndrome and you feel like you don't belong or don't be in a situation where you feel like you are settling for another person. But at the same time, I don't think you should also be comparing yourself in, in such a way where it's mm -hmm. like you're putting tax on a chalkboard. Like it, that's not yeah. what relationships are. You will never find your perfect match who is the exact same score as you if there really was a scoreboard. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. The next point is not moving at the same time as your friends. So like if you're in a relationship or like they're all in relationships yeah. and you're not like feeling that kind of insecurity. It's hard. It's so much easier said than done. But really the only people that matter in this relationship are the people that are in it. And that is you and this other person. And being in a relationship for me is kind of like, I've said this analogy before, driving a car and driving on the highway. And it's this analogy of you are driving on the highway with another person in another car. And it doesn't matter how fast you're driving. The pers other person might be driving faster than you. You might be driving faster than them. The people around you might be driving at different speeds. All that matters is that you're going in the same direction. Mm -hmm. And all that matters is that that person is not going to take an earlier exit than you. As long as you are on the same page and you are synced in some sense, the other drivers around you don't really matter. It's all about you and that other person. Yeah, I think that's really succinct. That's like a really good analogy. I think there's a lot of pressure. Like when, when I, I experienced this once at one stage, like when I was at uni and all of my friends had a boyfriend or girlfriend and I was just sitting there like, oh, <laughs> what am I doing tonight? And everyone else is going out and you're just kind of like, you want to participate. You want to feel mm -hmm. the same thing. You want to be able to engage in the conversation, but I, I say this like very heavily, not heavily, I stress this so much. You cannot jump into a relationship for the sake of getting into a relationship mm -hmm. because it's not going to end well. Somebody is going to get hurt because you're not doing it for the right reasons. You're not there because you, because you really see a future with this person. You have to understand your intention going to the relationship and why you want to be with them. Because if you want to be with them because they're an amazing person, they make you make, feel amazing, then that's the right person. This is why it was so tricky for us earlier to kind of say when you should be at certain checkpoints in your life because there is no schedule. There is no, you know, list of by this date you should be here. For everyone it is different and I think you really just need to trust the process and trust that if you are putting yourself out there and if you are ready to take risks and are open-minded, you will get to where you need to be relationship-wise when you are supposed to be there. Yeah. Regardless of where your friends are because you cannot this is what should be on the mug. You cannot <laughs> compare relationships. Everyone is on a different journey. Everyone is experiencing totally different things. And where your friend is might be where they're supposed to be. And where you are is where you are supposed to be. And I think you cannot compare in general, like you've said, yeah. everyone else's journey. You are on your own path and nothing is the same with everyone else. 
My favorite thing is like making things sound super ridiculous. So like imagine if your parents hadn't gotten together because they were worried about what their friends were going to say, think or say about it. You wouldn't would not exist. be here. You wouldn't wow. even be here. And like, okay, I mean, I understand parents' relationships cannot always be clear and cut and amazing. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, like think about like the relationships that you have in your life that are positive relationships they didn't just happen like not everyone mm -hmm. supported them I promise you so it's just something interesting to think about it makes it sound a little ridiculous when you're like what will like why should I or like all of my friends are in relationships so I must be in a relationship like it just sounds ridiculous what do you do if your significant other does not get along with your friends hmm it breaks my heart but oh, it's so hard. I think it depends on what friend. Ooh. And I, I do. And I think that, like, you have friends who really, really know you. And then you have friends who are great friends and mm -hmm. love you and have your best interest at heart. But you're not going to let – you have to decide which friends you're going to let affect your life decisions and which friends you're not going to – like, which friends are – people that you trust and you value their opinion but you're not necessarily going to jump on it like if Jenna told me that she really didn't like my significant other and that like in a really kind way of like mm -hmm. I, I love you and I'm just concerned and like I just want the best for you in the best most loving way it would hold weight yes it would because these people know you and they know what you need and what relationship will serve you like there's very few people in my life who I would accept comments like that from, but you just have to choose what friends. Yeah, I think caring friends' opinions definitely matter, and they definitely are looking out for you most of the time if they are the kind of people that you consider them to be. But there's also the important factor that your friends aren't dating this person you yeah. are. And yeah. so they don't have to like them enough that they would want to date them, but they have to like them enough for you. And if they can say, you know, I don't like them and I wouldn't pick them as a friend, but I see why you do and I see why they're important to you, that can be enough. Or even I'll love them because they love you and you're happy. And because you love them, right. Because I love your happiness enough to know that that's the most important thing. And if they give you that, then they're doing their job for me. Yeah, I completely. And I, I mean, I'll be the first to admit, I've seen friends get together with people and I'm like, this will never work. Mm -hmm. And 10 years down the line they're having a baby like right <laughs> and absolutely. you're like I could not picture them with anyone else they're absolutely perfect right because it's a change for you and mm -hmm. it feels weird when your friend gets into a relationship and you want them all to yourself because that's how it always was right it can be really weird so I think yeah Jenna said it you're you're dating them your friends aren't dating them it really mm -hmm. it comes down to it comes down to how you feel but if someone like Jenna said like Sophie like <laughs> I really am concerned or like I really love mm -hmm. you and like the most gentle caring careful because hearts are really really fragile way it would hold weight what if this was an intervention of me trying to tell you now Sophie I need to talk to you about your significant other no, I feel like that it's not because you not. guys are friends yeah I really do like him so much I think he's so great but Jenna Jenna helped him pick out my valentine's day present I love it I love that we now have a instagram chat going it's great it's true <laughs> um okay last one in this category how do you feel about people publicizing their relationship on instagram and making it more like 
an Instagram relationship than a real genuine true relationship. I think if it's something that you bond over, it's really great. I think that if it's an activity that you engage in as a couple that you're both enjoying truly, like if it's if it's if it's from a place of like we're having fun and we really enjoy Mm -hmm. taking these photos and it's fun activity for us like it's almost like a date activity great Mm -hmm. love it if you're trying to be like look at me and my relationship and look at this present that he got me or look at this whatever and it's not even genuine like you had a horrible time like you went to this incredible restaurant and dressed up and looked bomb is like like you were like dressed to the nines looked amazing and so was he and whatever but you sat there had a miserable time didn't talk and then posted about it like it was incredible maybe an issue yeah right I think obviously we're looking from the outside with this and we're looking Mm -hmm. from you know people around you and as we said other people's opinions of your relationship should not determine how you feel with the person but at the same time it's very hard with social media because you do want to put you know this fake beautiful edited version of your life out there and obviously relationships are not that beautiful and there are moments when it's less than glamorous and I think if you're comfortable posting that that's a great thing to share too because it's relatable for a lot of people but just like when you're looking at don't compare yourself to friends and they're where they are in their lives don't also compare yourself to youtubers and to instagrammers because instagram is not reality and that is so prevalent now and I think more people are getting the hang of that to realize oh I'm trying to compare myself to someone online but I have no idea what they're like in real life yeah it, it's even just look at some of your closest friends who you know have their own struggles or like you kind of just know how their life is and then go look at their Instagram page and tell me tell me if it's accurate um the next thing that we're going to talk about is how hard it is to break up with someone and end a relationship and like this does not have to be like you're like exclusively boyfriend and girlfriend and dating for so many years like it can (laughs) i was trying to say a year and i was like it doesn't matter like this could Mm -hmm. even be like you're dating for two months or you're not dating at all like breakups happen even outside of boyfriends and girlfriends or whatever it happens in friendships so that's honestly like a great great point and I think a lot of people have this misconception that you have to be dating for a certain amount of time for you to consider it a breakup and for you to grieve and say I've lost someone in my life and you can be seeing someone for two weeks that you really just connected with and that made you feel something and then if that ends I think in my opinion you are absolutely allowed to say I've lost someone and I'm grieving I'm having a breakup you are allowed to feel however you feel and anyone who tells you you cannot feel a certain way is not serving you as a friend we talked about this in our body positivity episode your clothes should serve you and so should the people in your life not in like the literal sense Mm. but if they're saying like oh my god you're only like talking to him or whatever like right like why are you so upset Everyone experiences stuff differently. If something is affecting you, no matter how severe it feels to someone else, it hurts you and you are so allowed to experience that. And I think friends, people, experiences, things in your life, you are allowed to grieve when you lose them. And breakups are hard for everyone at any stage. So I think if I were to give any advice for breakups, it's feel your feelings and it's not fun and there are you know little remedies for how to get through it ice cream is a huge one god love Mm -hmm. ice cream surrounding yourself with good friends um throwing yourself into a hobby or something else that brings you joy has been a good one but 
at the end of the day, there's no avoiding breakups and there's no avoiding the pain that comes with them and you do have to go through it and you will get stronger by going through it and it won't be fun, but you will be happy you did it later on in life. The best advice I ever got from my mom about breakups and like I would encourage everyone to like take this on themselves is you have the obligation to make your heart available for love. Mm -hmm. And if you're not making it available for love because you're in the, with the wrong person and you're worried about how it's going to make them feel, you're not, you're not, you're not making anyone win because if your heart isn't with them, then you're also not making their heart available for true love. Mm -hmm. No one wants to love someone who doesn't love them back. And if you don't love them back, let them go. Make mm -hmm. Let their heart be available for someone else because I'm you're a great person, but you're not the great person for them. It's It just works that way. And that's an important thing to remember that you don't have to be the one who was broken up with or dumped in order to be experiencing a breakup. I think you can <sighs> still break up with someone and still feel it just as much and still feel that heartbreak. Yeah, I completely, I think even when you're breaking up with someone, it's really hard because you're, it, it, every breakup is different again, just like every relationship, but, but it's really, really hard to hurt someone. And it's really hard when you know it's that kinda, you're hurting someone, but it's kind of like when you are like ripping off a bandaid, yeah. like at <sighs> least when you're getting broken up with, you don't have, have to feel it before you, yeah, it sucks because it's out of the blue most of the time. But when you're breaking up with someone, you know it's coming and you experience yeah. the pain even before it happens. Especially if, like, they don't know it's coming. Like, oh. it, it hurts when you, like, don't want to hurt a person and you know that it's going to blindside them. But, like, it's like either break up with them or you get, like, really mean because you're just so <laughs> into it. And I just, I, I think that being really mean and, like, whatever and being, like, everything's fine is worse. That's my opinion. Would you rather be the dump E or the dumper? Well, <laughs> I've been the dumper and it sucks. It does but suck. But I also think it's going to suck to be the dumpy. I think it sucks. I don't I know. Think At if least I can, you can like victimize yourself as the dumpy. Yeah. If I can answer for you, Sophie, I think what's so great about Sophie is that she cares so much about other people. And I think you feel so much guilt about how are my actions affecting them. So I think you would rather say, let me have it and let me feel the pain yeah. rather than let me inflict on someone else. I, on the other hand, am so selfish. <laughs> and I know deep down that if some, if, when someone breaks up with me, I take it so personally and I'm such a perfectionist that I say, what did I do wrong? And, right. and how can I, how can I amend this? So in the future, I don't experience this again. And I like become so internally mixed up in my own feelings that as much as it sucks, I don't think I would want to be the dumped rather than the dumper. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think either is good. But no, I not also want to say, Jenna, that that's the beautiful thing about breakups is that you don't need to change anything. Because right. you shouldn't change yourself because they just weren't the person for you. And you just have mm -hmm. to go out there. Maybe take a little break, sit, from the, sit, sit on the sidelines for a moment. Absolutely. But then you have to get back on the field and figure out who is going to love you for those flaws and who is going to accept you and like encourage them. Mm -hmm. Like I'm the weirdest person in my <laughs> relationship. And it's funny because again, we pandemic date. So we know each other's parents, like our parents know how weird we are mm -hmm. and not like in a gross way. And like, like 
<laughs> and like uh like uh he came over yesterday and I was wearing pajamas and I was running around being like it's pajama day <laughs> yep I don't yep. doubt it no right so it's funny you find someone like a lot of people would not put up with me but it's funny you yeah. just have and to find I, that person I believe every single person has at least one match out there that's just my belief system. And so I think if the person who you were with or are with is not that right person, I don't think you have to feel it's hopeless in any way. I think 100% you have more opportunities to find that person and take that chance. So if anything, you are just one step closer to finding that perfect match. Sophie, we've made it to the game segment. I'm so excited. <laughs> I love this one. Yes. So today we're bringing you one of our favorite games that we like to play with our friends. You'll definitely want to adopt this and introduce it at your next party, mixer, or even networking event. Mm -hmm. I would love to do this at a networking event. Yeah. So this game is called Red Flag or Deal Breaker, and it works like this. Jenna and I will present each other a prompt related to dating, and we'll have to answer if it's a scenario that would be a red flag that we can deal with or cope with, or if it's such a turnoff that we'd need to and the relationship because it is a serious deal breaker. Obviously, this is just for fun and there's so many other factors that contribute to breakups, but we've had so much fun chatting about turn-ons and turn-offs throughout our entire friendship. So we wanna share this activity with all of you guys because maybe it'll be a fun thing to do with your best friend. Okay, let's get right in, I can't wait. Number one, they're good friends with their ex. What do you think? Wait. Now I'm realizing there's no, like, it's okay. Is that the red flag? Like, it's okay? Oh, you're right. I guess there could be. No, red flag, just to clarify, red flag is like, it's not a deal breaker, but it's something I'm going to keep my eye on, and it may make me a little hesitant about the relationship. Okay. Deal breaker is like, it's a hard, it's no, a hard no. Thank you so much. We'll call you. Don't call us. <laughs> but you're right. Then you can also, I guess, answer as a, oh, it's a green flag. Go ahead. Love it. Absolutely. Yeah. adopt it. I would do like an orange flag if they're good friends with their ex. Like, I think you just need to suss out the situation, but I think it mm -hmm. speaks to character. It depends on the person. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think this one's very subjective. I think it depends what you're defining as good friend. Like, yeah. they're just, you know, in contact with them, and when they see them, they give them a hug. Totally cool. Glad they're, you know, have such past positive, or positive past relationships that everyone gives them good testimonials. <laughs> um, but... I think if it's like they call them every day and the friend says, oh, I can't believe he told you that. He told me that two weeks yeah. earlier. Then it's a toxic situation and then you have to assess it. But yeah. if it's just merely they keep in good contact, I think it's a great sign. Yeah, I agree. Could you imagine? Sorry, you said, could you imagine if there was a testimonial page on like an online <laughs> How do they do? <laughs> right. <Yeah>. Truly. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Would date um, again. <laughs> red flag deal breaker yeah. actually um okay number two jenna um if they don't believe in the moon landing red flag or deal breaker hardcore deal breaker yes if i i think one thing is to be a little skeptical about you know what we know is truth and stuff but if they don't trust basic science <laughs> we're, we're done thank you avita zen <laughs> Hasta la vista. See you absolutely Truly. never. Yeah, no. If you're going to try and convince me that the earth is flat, you can you go somewhere else on the earth. You can go fall yes. off it. That's okay. Truly. Walk. <laughs> walk. Go walk. Find out for yourself. Oh, my God. Okay. Number three, they are a really bad tipper. 
Ooh, red flag. Yeah, more than not a deal breaker, just a red flag. No, because you don't know their situation. Right. True. Very true. And I also think it's something you eventually could, if you were in that relationship, have a combo with them and just be like, hey, like, um, why did you only tip like 5%? Or like, you can also, I would just do this very subtly where I would just tip very, very nicely. And they would be like, oh, she's a good tipper. She clearly likes that. I'm going to tip really well. You know, kind of like the subtle training like you would do for a dog. (laughs) Yeah, you just make it think like it's their idea to tip well. Yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, I, I just think you don't know situations. Maybe so they're very true. Yeah. Especially on a first date. Don't judge that. Unless they mm. left, like, unless they were, like, a douche about it and left, like, yeah. a quarter. Yeah. That's a little bit of a different situation. Like, don't. But again, red flag, don't. I wouldn't end a relationship just because of that. No, definitely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> done a red flag or deal breaker if they only order off of the kids' menu. Okay. This is going to be controversial, but I say deal breaker. And I think it tells you a lot about the person if they're, they can't even, you know, have a mature enough taste palette to try new foods and be adventurous. Um, I think if they're so insanely picky about that, most likely they will be picky in other regards and not want to try new things in other ways. Maybe I'm wrong. That's just my experience. I would say deal breaker. Like, I'm sorry. Imagine going to the, like, a restaurant with your significant other and, like, right. them They say, do you have ordering... chicken fingers? Do you have chicken fingers? I, I love okay. a good chicken finger. Yeah, I was going to say, like, if you want chicken fingers, fine. But if it's, like, a consistent thing and you're, like, right. like getting, uh, yeah. Like, I can yeah. be a pick eater sometimes. I'm better. Sometimes I'm the better. kids, if you're not that hungry, sometimes the kids menu is a great yeah. portion size. But if it's, yeah, a consistent thing where they only want you know noodles with butter you've got an issue there you got a little bit of an issue and you're gonna be a mom not a girlfriend (laughs) number five they pronounce schedule as schedule (laughs) done i'm out i've already left there's a me-sized hole in the wall (laughs) i can't i don't know why schedule schedule what else would they pronounce like that schedule like what other words would they say wrong yeah library have you heard library? I um, say library. No, you say library no, with an I don't. R. You say used it again. to make fun of me in high Shut school. Shut up, for say this. it again. Library. Oh no. I don't like We can't be way. friends anymore. <laughs> no. But schedule I think is like schedule. posh and prestigious. Like my schedule. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. I sounded like Maggie Smith. Oh, Jenna, red flag or deal breaker if they clap every time the plane lands. I think it's a hardcore red flag. Almost a deal breaker. But I mean, at least their intentions are good because they're trying to be polite, but it's annoying. I think it's so positive. Oh, God. (laughs) I mean, my dad, every time we landed on a plane, was like, why is everyone clapping? It was, like, automatic. (laughs) And I was like, I like this. I like positivity. Yeah. I was like, we made it, guys. So, yeah, maybe maybe a red flag if they're, like, 40 and really, really excited. It's still cute. I get it. It's kind of cute. It's cute. Okay. (laughs) Um, Number seven, they have the same first name as your dad. Uncomfy, but I just call them by their middle name. (laughs) I think it's fine. Like, is I that weird? No, my dad you... is a very common name. 
So does mine, but I'd also just call my dad dad so it wouldn't really be confusing. Oh, that's a good point. I just think, yeah, like, I don't know. If you like the name, you like the name. Like, I don't don't see that as a huge one. I think you can get over that one. Yeah. They make many spelling and grammar mistakes. I think it's a red flag. I think it's a red flag closer to a deal breaker. Like, if they text you and they're like... um, like one time they say like, hey, are you almost there? And it's like T-H-E-I-R. Yeah, that's like check your spelling and stuff. But if it's continuous and it just makes it so that you don't want to text them anymore, you don't want to send emails, then it's yeah. an issue. I think like if it actually bothers you, but also like I think it goes into like, it, it goes into a lot of things. I think mm-hmm. like my significant other was like, I hate autocorrect. He was like, it's off. If I make a mistake, he was like, do not oh. correct me because I don't right. care. But Fine. I've read his like academic papers and they're super strong. So it's Great. all different. Awesome. We love a good typer. We love a good <laughs> typer. <laughs> okay, Jenna, red flag or deep deal breaker that they call their mom daily? Green flag. I, was I call I my mom daily. This. Yeah, if I call my mom daily, it's only fair that they can. You Bonus know? points if they call their grandmother daily. Oh, very, very nice. I agree. How a man treats his mom is how a man is going to treat you. Mm-hmm. True. Keep that in mind. Yeah, enough said. Um, Number 11, they only own one pillow. Deal breaker. <laughs> yeah. Deal breaker so bad. Yeah, so, I'm sorry. So you need to grow up and buy a second pillow. Please. It's, it's time. Okay. Or, okay, here's the thing. If you're super young, okay, you're dating in your 20s, right? boys are still learning boys need a little bit of a gentle guiding hand mm-hmm. if you tell them they need a second pillow and then they don't go get one then it's a like complete deal breaker yeah. but if they're super young and they're living on their own and whatever you right. you have to guide them and they're like no i like one pillow deal breaker buy some pillow it's not that hard i have like eight pillows on my bed i'll not give you so one. hard guys yeah <laughs> um okay <laughs> they don't understand sarcasm red flag or deal breaker deal breaker yeah it's just it's it makes communicating hard learn imagine. it imagine it's funny it's so funny it's so freaking funny yeah jenna and i like it's our second language all the time and i i find like sarcastic humor personally very attractive and very funny yeah so i think if they not only didn't do that but also didn't like get it and want to reciprocate it i would have a problem yeah, it's also like teasing. It's just like being comfortable. That's important yeah. to me. I like that. I like that I like it's tit for tat in a relationship. Yep. Uh, <laughs> Number 13, they still believe in Santa Claus. Deal breaker. But if they believe in the spirit of Santa Claus, green flag. If they like love the spirit of the holiday and like understand it, then I like it because I love holidays. Um, I like the spirit of the holiday, but I don't think a random white man really needs to be involved. <laughs> I think it's fun if they like like the tradition of it. Okay, tradition's one thing. If they still ask what what do you want to get from Santa and they write letters, yeah, it's we, a have, bit weird. we have a maturity problem. <laughs> um, red flag. Oh, I started saying this without reading it. Red flag or deal breaker if they don't like pets. Deal breaker. Sorry not Done. a chance how could you Done. go your entire life without pets my dogs and i are a package deal like my dogs and my future dogs <laughs> like yeah they're all included they're it's, all included it's an all-inclusive yeah okay number 15 they have a catchphrase 
it can be funny and endearing. It also can be kind of weird. I mean, Kay, if there's things that they say, like I commonly will say that I'm a 30-year-old yoga mom. That's like could be my catchphrase. But if I'm like my catchphrase that I'm a 30-year-old yoga mom, a little weird. Yeah, I agree. little weird. little weird. Okay. Next. Um, okay, the kiss with their eyes open. Red flag <gasps> or deal breaker? Bachelor related. Did you not? Oh, if anyone hasn't seen The Bachelor, this most recent season of The Bachelor, The Bachelor kissed with his eyes open and it was real weird. Ew. No, I, I, I don't mean, even want to give the red flag option. That's a deal breaker. No, it's weird. Okay. It's weird. <laughs> I know it's weird. <laughs> but at the same time, we've all opened our eyes once. Okay, like, but not. No. There's a difference between open your eyes during for like a second. Can you imagine making eye contact? During kissing? I'd die. Like how though? I would have to stand up and say thank you for your time. <laughs> how I'm, though? You like, both open your eyes at the same time. Oh my god. Ugh. It's, no, it's like awkward. It. I'm getting a little nervous talking about it. We're going to say deal breaker. Sorry. I don't like that. Weird. <laughs> Weird. Oh, boy. We hope you had as much fun with those as we did. If you have different opinions, we want to hear it. What dating habits make you hit the brakes on a relationship? Send us your hot takes over on our Instagram. So there you have it. Dating's relationships and, oh, yes, rock and roll. That's just the tip of the iceberg. So don't you worry. We will definitely be talking about all of this a whole lot more. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to leave us a rating over on Apple Podcasts. We love hearing from you. It helps us grow and better our craft. Also, be sure to follow us on all our social medias. We're being super active on there, and we love to interact with you guys. Check out our website for updates and blog posts at www.my20somethingspodcast.com. And please, please, please continue to send us your questions over on our Instagram. We love hearing from you guys and answering your questions and learning from all of your experiences as well. If you want more MTS chats, make sure to check out our previous episode all about body positivity and self-love. It's one of our personal faves and it's super, super informative. We're wishing you an amazing rest of your week and are sending you endless love all your way. Stay healthy, hopeful, and happy because you're killing it. Bye, guys. Bye.